Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick at law firm of Gregorick & Associates. So glad to be talking with you this Sunday morning. Um, despite all the challenges that we have with uh, the COVID-19, we're certainly going to be talking uh, about that. And most importantly, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you and the COVID-19 and things that maybe are on your mind and what you might want to do about them. So we're going to have a conversation about that. Uh, I've got Ted Hansen with me today, our elder law um, expert attorney, and um, knows all the uh, ins and outs of the Medicaid and VA planning and all those types of things. And so we want to we want to share some things with you because uh, COVID-19 has certainly exposed many things in our society, um, some good, some not so good. So we'll talk about those as we uh, go through the show. Um, I'll just start off by saying the law firm, Gregorick & Associates, we are open for business, um, predominantly virtual, but we do have other means of personal um, get-togethers and meetings and things like that, so on a very social distancing basis, following all the uh, appropriate guidelines. So we are open for business. If any legal questions or concerns, whether it be your state planning, your elder law, um, I have a deep compassion for all of the small business owners out there and what you're going through. Uh, maybe you have some questions on the Paycheck Protection um, plan, the SBA loan, on uh, the forgiveness of it. Maybe you're confused, have some questions. I don't purport to have all the answers. No one does, but I have a few of them. And I'll uh, be happy to discuss that with you as well. Um, best way right now to communicate with us is just go to the web, yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. And you can just contact us there, ask us a question. You can also click through to the law firm's website, which is rjglegal.com. Com and find us that way, or my goodness, just do any searches on the web for Gregorick and Associates, and uh, you'll find us. We're out there um, lots of places, so we uh, do encourage you to give us a call and uh, take a look at that estate plan, because the clients that we're talking to about their estate plans, most, the vast majority, are making some rather significant changes right now as a result of COVID. Um, partly due to the economic impact it's had, but the health impact or the potential health impact that it has. Um, people's are, people are very concerned on their living wills. We're going to talk about that uh, in some detail here in a few minutes. So um, the question of being intubated during, uh, if you are um, infected with uh, COVID-19 and whether or not you would want to be intubated is becoming a rather significant uh, question. Some seniors want to be intubated, some don't. And so that means we need to go back and look at your living wills and look at the language in there and then look at any supplemental instructions you may have put in or that you should put in. We have been amending uh, most of our clients who we're um, talking with about their planning and those who are keeping them up to date, as we always suggest. And we are making uh, customized enhancements uh, to those documents. Uh, your retirement documents, uh, you know, if you have retirement plan trust or you've named your living trust as a beneficiary of your retirement, retirement plans. Um, if you have not yet sat down with your attorney or sat down with us about that, um, you need to do that. The rules changed under the SECURE Act and would make some of your planning extremely detrimental to um, to your uh, to your beneficiaries, which are predominantly going to be your children. So, you know, as always, we need to have a good knowledge of the law. We need to know what's going on. So, Ted, uh, thanks once again uh, for joining me on the show here. I think it's so important that we communicate uh, some of the things 
of our involvement in the COVID movement, if you will, that uh, many, many things are changing out there and the way we're going to live our lives, at least in the relatively near term where our constitutional rights have been stood on their head and uh, many of us are being, beginning to challenge the legality of a lot of these extended closures. Um, our constitution's kind of clear on uh, you know, emergency measures but you know, when is the emergency over based on the government information so I think that's a battle we're going to see playing out over the next um, well, near term. <laughs> It'll be a while to resolve that. So thanks, Ted, for joining me. And um, Good morning. Thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction, uh, flattering introduction that you gave <laughs> earlier. I don't purport to be an expert, but I do have some knowledge in this arena. And, you know, there really are no experts. I, it's uh, just people that have knowledge and those that don't. I, 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 I throughout my life, I have really learned uh, by interacting with people and not having that opportunity to get face-to-face with folks. It's really been a challenge lately, let me tell you. And it's, uh, it's really changed our world in a number of different ways, both from a client interview and consultation standpoint, as well as a document signing standpoint. It's really kind of changed not just our law, law office, but uh, probably every law office across the country. I think it's changed the entire this. profession and then we'll likely have some and, long-term changes that we're, we're grappling with. And we're doing our best, best to make you know a normal situation out of what I've been calling the new abnormal, or 311 <laughs> as I like to call it as well, that the this almost akin to one of these well it is akin I suppose to one of these natural disasters that we have or, or terrorist acts or something like that it's just a, uh, unfortunately this time or fortunately this time we, we know who the culprit is or what the culprit is and uh, you know with that being said there's a lot of unknowns here still but I think we're all going to be needing to get used to what I call the new abnormal. Yeah it's the new abnormal and um, you know many of us are very concerned on you know what's going forward and I certainly, as I said earlier, I have such empathy for you know our small business owners. Many, many, many of our clients here at the firm are small business owners, a very large percentage. And it's very concerning that you know they're just seeing their life, life, lifelong earnings, lifelong work, what they've dedicated their lives to just really crumbling in front of them, feeling helpless with not much that they can do about it. Right no, that's now. true. There's a lot of movements across the country of people just taking the position that, look, this is America. If people want to get out and take the risk, they take the risk. And I'm not going to lose my business that I put 30 years of my blood, sweat, and tears into just because this virus has some people uh, you know, on end about social interaction. Uh, it's, well, Ted, this is taking me back to the mid to latter 60s. And um, the old, you know, what we called it then and what it's being done now, but it's civil disobedience. That yeah. was what was occurring then. And I think that um, peaceful demonstrations and that are probably necessary in times like this and an appropriate amount of civil disobedience. I mean, c- citizens need to stand up for what they believe in and stand up for their livelihoods and, yeah. you know, their very existence of being able to remain independent. Because of course. And people, of course, Rick, are always scared of the unknown, right? And that's that's part of what we do on a daily basis here is to try to plan for those unknowns. And the, this has really thrown a curveball to a lot of folks who never thought something like this would happen in their lives, but yet they're still having to deal with this like like the majority of people do, whether they're part of that majority or not, right? So, that, yeah, it, it really is, and that you know that's why we've been stressing. This has fundamentally changed many, many things. Yes, some of the things that are being changed are are going to stay that way. Other they things are. will revert back to what we, I guess, we want to call normal. Um, but you know, in the interim and up until we get to normal, it's not going to be thirty, sixty, ninety days, folks. That's an illusion. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, with all you know, due respect to everybody, the coronavirus is going to be with us for a while, yeah. and we're going to have to learn how we can maintain our economy and our very essence, yeah. you know, in fighting this. And I think that, um, well, the political rhetoric is the the biggest challenge. These are this is a time when politicians on both sides need to come together for what's in the best interest of the country and not these, you know, partisan issues. I mean, I think the partisan issues are amplified because it's an election year. Um, we all know the, 
we all know the story. We know the players. We know what's going on. And I think a lot of people are having a little bit of an awakening. But we are really seeing people coming in and really getting down into some detail on their planning and, and really trying to cover some of the what-if type of stuff. And maybe yeah. we can talk about that a little as the show goes on because it's so critical that folks do that. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick uh, crass commercial break. That's what pays for the radio here and allows us to uh, talk to you every week. And so I just wanted to let you know we're going to be right back after this short break. And uh, don't forget to check us out at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also get recordings of all the shows there, and you can contact the law firm, and you can do all kinds of great things. So that's yourpartnerinlaw.com. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Regrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor, and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows us to stay in control of our care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. It's Story Monson, and I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Check out 525longtermcare.com for all the latest information. Brian will have some live webinars coming up in June to teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays our state back if we never use it. All of Brian's live webinars are free to attend, and trust me, you will learn so much. This is exactly how my wife and I got started with Brian. I can't recommend him enough. He's one of the most experienced, highest-producing long-term care specialists in the country, right here in Bellevue. Go to 525longtermcare.com. 525 longtermcare.com. times like these that remind us how crucial it is to make sure your family's health care documents and money management is in order. Hey, it's John Curley. Be proactive, have a plan, and do what's best for your family so everyone can have peace of mind. I can't recommend it enough. Talk to Rick Gregorick. He helped me in my estate plan, and Rick is open and ready to help make sure your plan is properly updated. And if you don't have an estate plan, Rick is absolutely the best in the area to create the proper plan to custom fit for your needs. Rick wants to encourage everyone to follow the guidelines being provided by local and state and federal governments to slow the growth of this deadly virus. It's vitally important to invest in yourself and your family. In a proper estate, an elder law plan has never been more important. Rick Gregorick and Associates are open now and ready to help you. You can schedule your complimentary consultation by calling 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Hi, I'm Rick Gregorick, and I'm here with uh, Ted Hansen, and you're listening to Your Partner in Law. So glad to be with you today. Hey, right before break, we were, you know, talking, you know, about impacts of the coronavirus and things of that nature and things we're going to have to rethink. And in the context of your estate or elder planning, doesn't matter which kind of plan you have or if you don't have a plan. But what one of the things we're really trying to emphasize to people is, this COVID-19 has made some fundamental changes, along with a lot of other law changes that have occurred, coincidentally having nothing to do with COVID. But we really need to address all of these things with the SECURE Act, for your retirement plans. We need to look at your total estate plan, and we need to make sure that you've got the right provisions in there, the right tax provisions, the right disability provisions. Um, 
And, and Ted, I wanted to talk a little bit about the living will. Um, your clients are predominantly over 65, in fact, probably more over 70, up into their 90s, um, in the elder law component of your practice. Now, you meet with other folks that aren't that as well, but you see a majority of those types of clients. And this is a concern as you talk to the seniors about being intubated, given the standard type of language that would be in a living will. Yeah, and I think it's important to, first of all, give a little background about living will is really a, a term that gets tossed around a lot. And a lot of people don't understand what that is. They, they they think it's something like a living trust or something like that for estate planning while you're alive. But a living will, also known in many places as an advanced health care directive, is really a document that addresses your end-of-life decisions and whether or not you want these various artificial means to keep you alive. Um, and this document, uh, frankly, tends to weird people out a lot. Husbands and wives typically uh, can disagree on this thing. They don't want the same thing, and they're not sure why the other wants it one way and the other one wants it another. But it, nevertheless, this has really become a hot topic lately because a lot of estate plans contain living wills, and the choices you made at the time don't necessarily reflect the modern medical dilemma that's going on out there, which is whether or not a respirator, which is an end-of-life measure, respiration, is something that you need to eliminate from your living will or modify your living will to accommodate the current COVID environment, which we have done here. Yeah, the, the language in the living will is, you know, to is your death imminent with or without the application of life support? And so you get into a, a strange quandary, especially with the COVID um, issues and the lung issues, and depending on your age, your probability of success. And, you know, there's always the question, if you've been intubated, is there going to be other long-term health care ramifications as a result of that? Many people have lung issues as a result of intubation, um, and a myriad of other issues um, can arise. Um, to where you may not return to what we would call a cognitive and sapient form of life. Rather, you might be more, you know, a, a semi-vegetative state or just not really there. Yes, you survived from a legal perspective, but, you know, there's an awful lot of folks out there who aren't, don't want that. I mean, I've talked to so many folks that, you know, once they get into their 80s, maybe 90s and beyond, most of them aren't interested in being, or many, I should say, are not interested in being, you know, defibrillated, intubated, you know, put on intubations, uh, respirators and all that kind of ventilators, all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's a very serious issue and each person needs to address it themselves. Um, in their legal planning documents because the hospitals, you know, there's been all kinds of stories about, you know, different things on whether, you know, on the choice to intubate or not intubate. And, you know, there's been issues about that and prioritization of ventilators early on was an issue. I don't think that's an issue any longer. But, um, folks, I just really want to encourage you, if you did your estate plan 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago and you haven't dusted it off, number one, the living will, your health care directive, it may have even been called a directive to physicians, depending on the age of your plan here in Washington. If it's not within a couple of years of age, it needs to be updated. The statute's been changed a number of times. And if you've got a 20 or a 10, 20 year old document, it's probably not going to work. Um, the statutes change significantly over the years. And it's just something to keep important. You know, it's important to keep that up to date. Yeah, I think it's also important, Rick, to point out what it isn't, what a living will isn't. It is not a DNR order. It is not a pulse, which many of you have that are in this aging group that are so, only... you know, DNRs, folks, are do not resuscitate orders. Those are written by doctors. And so are Pulse, right? And they're on these bright green cardboard looking pages that are to be posted prominently in your home, typically, so that a, a responding personnel would be able to see it clearly. But this that's not what we're talking about here. Right, because right, that, that Pulse document, folks, it, it stands for Physician's Order on Life-Sustaining Treatment. That's correct. Key, doc, key word, Physician's Order. Right. That's a doctor's order. That's what a doctor yes. writes for you. The lawyer Lawyers do write not write those. That's lawyers right. write living will. That's correct. Now, now, folks, just to differentiate the living will from a Pulse or a D. DNR, the living will 
your advanced healthcare directive is your instructions to the doctor given the stated circumstances in the document. It's your instructions to the doctor. Now, with those instructions, the doctor would be guided in writing his orders to resuscitate or not resuscitate and do all the types of life-saving measures that we're talking about. So, you know, all of us should have a living will, a health care directive, that legal document. All of us should have one of those. Sadly, some of us, many of us, will need a do not resuscitate or repulsed document at some time after we've been diagnosed with a terminal illness or we're at very advanced age. Well, that's all true, and 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 there is some interplay with these, like like Rick said, these, these documents. But the, the the other function of a living will, frankly, is well, living wills are twofold. Number one, it's your instructions while you're competent to say I, I either do or I do not want these measures. The second primary function, and perhaps the more important function of a living will, is to eliminate guilt for having to act on the document on behalf of someone. And I tell my clients this all the time that that is a big component here that you're in the document itself it, it it really speaks to that issue that you know please follow my instructions here and don't feel guilty for doing that if you've ever been in a situation where you've had one that's terminal a loved one that's terminally ill like that this is a this is a really serious situation and people are generally not sure what to do and and it's a very confusing time and this document helps direct that decision um, and well, so it is twofold you know you know I've had in my own personal life. Um, I went through this with my maternal grandfather when I was younger. Um, he was actually pronounced dead several times and apparently wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that story. Before, and, uh, I was present at one of them. And uh, But then, you know, a little more recently, although it's been about 15 years now, but um, we had, my mother had con contracted pancreatic cancer. She was uh, 69 years old, just approaching her 70th birthday. And it was terminal. It was, a, it was an ugly, bad situation. And I, along with my dad and my brother, we had to eventually go ahead and exercise mom's living will such that she could be removed from the um, support that she was taking because it was not going to help her. It was kind of making her worse. So we did have to terminate life support. So I know from a personal situation, up close and personal, how difficult that is and how that can stick with you for a long time, most likely the rest of your life. And we want to do that. And of course, I've shared before, I was a Navy corpsman and was involved with hundreds and hundreds of people on respirators. And so I have a great deal of empathy and experience for what families go through there. And I just implore people to get your estate plans reviewed. Take some emphasis on those medical documents, your medical durable power of attorney, your HIPAA waivers, your living will, which is your health care directive on end-of-life decision-making. Folks, I can't stress enough. Um, we're here to help you. Uh, you can contact us at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. We'll get right back with you um, during the week, and um, we'll get you on the road to recovery. So, folks, we really want you to take advantage of this and uh, make sure that your plan's in order for your goals, your objectives, and to protect you and your loved ones in the best manner that you possibly can. You know, we oftentimes in estate planning stress the money and the wealth aspect, and sometimes the health gets glossed over a little bit. And I think, um, if nothing else, COVID has told us, don't do that. Yep. You know, these things are of equal priority, wealth and health. Absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, when we get back from this quick break. So your partner-in-law, we will return in just a few short minutes. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? 
We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows us to stay in control of our care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. It's Story Monson. and I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Check out 525longtermcare.com for all the latest information. Brian will have some live webinars coming up in June to teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays our estate back if we never use it. All of Brian's live webinars are free to attend, and trust me, you will learn so much. This is exactly how my wife and I got started with Brian. I can't recommend him enough. He's one of the most experienced, highest-producing long-term care specialists in the country, right here in Bellevue. Go to 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. And welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick at the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. Hey, you can find us on the web, rjglegal.com. Don't be shy. We're working through the COVID-19 here, and we're trying to keep all of our clients um, well-served and uh, their estate and elder planning, a lot of real estate work, a lot of work with business owners, so lots and lots of things happening. Hey, in the first part of the show, we were talking a lot about um, just some general things about estate planning, and I really want to continue and focus in on the living will a little bit more. Now, the living will, folks, is uh, it's a greatly misunderstood document. Um, the living will should not be confused with a living trust or other types of documents. The living will in Washington, in Washington state, it is called a health care directive. Many states call them advanced health care directives. But each state has its own uh, statutes uh, that govern the um, living wills and the parameters for them. I actually think the Washington statute's um, a pretty good one. And in essence, what this document is saying um, regarding end-of-life decision-making, it's saying that if I am diagnosed in writing by a doctor that my death is more likely than not, regardless if I get the additional um, support that they're talking about, the medical intervention, that even with the medical in intervention, it's more likely than not that I will die. That's really where the living will comes in. Or on the second area, if you have been put on life support, say you've been put on a ventilator, you're intubated, all those things, then if it is later determined, and in this case by two licensed physicians in the state of Washington who will put in writing that the treatment that you're receiving, the ventilator or whatever, is only artificially prolonging the process of your dying, then that would authorize the withdrawal of that medical intervention. Now, this is a really serious issue, um, and during the coronavirus, um, I think all of us, all of you, have had a pretty large education on what ventilators do when they put that tube in you and it goes down into your lungs to breathe for you, and those breathing compressions then also help pump your heart rate. So they are, in fact, potentially keeping you artificially alive. Historically, many seniors have desired not to have extreme medical interventions such as being put on a ventilator and other various types of intubation for breathing, feeding, nutrition, and hydration. And many folks, as they've aged, um, get to certain ages where they don't want any of that. They say enough's enough. So we really need to think through these things and what your estate planning documents are actually going to say should you be in that situation. 
Because if you're in that situation, there's a good chance you'll not be able to speak for yourself. So first and foremost, your documents speak. If you don't have documents, then state law will speak. That's the one you probably don't want to speak on your behalf. So the living will is your instruction, folks, to the doctor for certain end-of-life situations. You may have a different opinion as to why you might have to be intubated, for what reason. And if it's for COVID, many people are opting to say, no, I don't want that. Others are saying they do. But the standard language in living wills makes that decision rather difficult. So we have to go with what's in writing on those documents. So for many of our clients, and we've been talking about this for a few weeks, for many of our clients, we are amending their living wills to add supplemental language as guidance and direction to the doctors on your wishes. Because this is a document, you know, the living will is your instructions to the doctor. And then it's up to the doctor then to write doctor's orders to carry out your wishes. So if you have a strong desire not to be intubated in a COVID situation, you should probably put that in your documents. Conversely, if you want to try and see what happens, you can put that in your document. You can, you can try it. If it doesn't work, you could always be removed. You know, one of the concerns, folks, is when people come off of a ventilator, a, you know, a respirator that they've been on for some time, the recovery period can be difficult. Most of the time, uh, obviously, if you're on a ventilator, you're in a critical care situation, and we really need to make sure that you're okay when you come off that. So most likely, you're going to be very weak. What the medical condition, uh, community would say, you're deconditioned. Your body's been down. It's been weak. Your muscle tone, everything is difficult. You may well be suffering from delirium and confusion and require, you know, potentially months of ongoing care and physical rehabilitation. Um, some folks at various stages of their life, depending on what your other health situation is, what other morbidity factors may be involved, these are, these are terribly sobering decisions, and I want to encourage each of you to make these decisions in just that mode. And I know that we have a lot of discussions between husbands and wives, parents and children, where there are conflicts on these issues. And you need to resolve those. You don't want to be making these decisions in the heat of the moment. You should have this thought out. You should have a plan. And then you should have enough flexibility within that plan to achieve your ultimate goals and objectives. And when we're dealing with something as severe as uh, COVID-19 and with the health ramifications for elderly and especially those with underlying conditions or anyone in the um, anyone out in society that has the morbidity factors, regardless of your age, if you're overweight, if you have diabetes, if you have, you know, lung disease, lung issues, things of that nature, all kinds of things. You're, you're, you hear it every night on the news, just like I do. So you know if you have those factors, and it's up to you to help protect yourself. And um, that's why, you know, most people wearing masks, I think a lot of people have come to understand that they're really there to help eliminate the spread so it doesn't it's there to help keep you from infecting others that's really the key thing there is you infecting others they told us in the beginning masks weren't all that effective for yourself um, but it's better than nothing they've all come back to say so anyhow I think we can just follow some reasonable measures and things of that nature because folks you know as deadly as this disease is we are learning more and more about it and Comforting to me is the fact that the mortality rate is nowhere near as high as it was originally thought that it could be. Now, granted, uh, you know we've up to over eighty-five thousand um, deaths here in the state of, um, excuse me, in the country, in the United States, about nine hundred seventy-five here in Washington, and that number's been flat. So we're um, entering a good zone there. But, you know, that's an awful loss of life and the ramifications and the impact of that. And that's going to go on for a while, although hopefully not anywhere near the levels that we've seen. I mean, all of us are certainly aware that there could be a second wave. And that's why we need this learning right now. So if that second wave 
begins, we know what we can do and we can act more rapidly and, and hopefully avoid some of the draconian measures that um, various government agencies across the country are taking, um, some overreacting, some underreacting. It's just really difficult to get a good picture just because it's all happening real time. This will all be abundantly clear to us five years from now, and we can go back and look and see the whole thing. But, you know, when you're in the forest, it's hard to see the trees sometimes. So um, be smart. You know, question what you hear um, and just really want to, you know, stay on top of what's happening there. And for your living wills, um, please give us a call during the week at our number, 425-284-3450. We'd be glad to talk with you. You can send us an email through yourpartnerinlaw.com. Just click uh, send a question to the attorney. Any questions you have regarding any of these matters, I'll endeavor to answer all of your questions personally as best I can or other attorneys will get back with you. It's an important thing and you want to make sure you have the right facts. And that's a, a challenge today. We all know that, you know, an awful lot of what's out there on the news isn't news. It's junk. It's propaganda. And we need to kind of cipher through which it is. And I think we get propaganda coming at us from every angle. So it's not from one or the other. They're all doing it. And we all need to kind of cipher through it for ourselves and see where all of this coalesces and where it all comes together. So your living wills, folks, part of the medical documents in your estate plan, <coughs> excuse me, they are so important right now. I mean, they're always important, but the importance is so heightened right now. I just really implore folks, you know, if you have a parent that's elderly or heaven forbid, if they're already in a skilled nursing facility or any other type of institutional care, it's critical that they have these documents up to date. Now, you can only create these documents when you have the mental capacity to do so. So um, plan early, plan often. I just encourage everyone to... Um, Take this seriously and um, think about those. And like I said, here at the law firm, uh, we're open for business. We have been. We've never closed. Um, we've been operating virtually um, since mid, mid to latter March when all this kind of started. And all through March, April, and now we're halfway through May. And uh, hopefully by the end of May, beginning of June, we'll start opening up the economy a little bit more. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, more of your calls. Or, well, no more of your calls, because we're remote today, but more of your partner involved. We'll be right back. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows us to stay in control of our care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. In Story Monson, I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Check out 525longtermcare.com for all the latest information. Brian will have some live webinars coming up in June to teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays our estate back if we never use it. All of Brian's live webinars are free to attend, and trust me, you will learn so much. This is exactly how my wife and I got started with Brian. I can't recommend him enough. He's one of the most experienced, highest-producing long-term care specialists in the country, right here in Bellevue. Go to 525longtermcare.com. 525 long term care. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? 
Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation, 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick and we are at Gregorick and Associates, a law firm. We all knew that. We are Your Partner in Law. You can find us at yourpartnerinlaw.com. And please contact us for anything during here. I mean... We've got, you know, in our firm alone, we have hundreds of business owners of all different types of businesses. Um, We certainly serve a large percentage of our client population is the elderly. Um, Ted Hansen, who was on a little earlier in the show, runs our um, elder um, care um, component of the law firm, does all the VA planning. He's a certified VA planner. And... um, We'd really put all these things together, and for his population, boy, this has been a a rough one. Um, We have had a number of clients who have succumbed to COVID-19. To my knowledge, all of them were of advanced age, and I believe all of them were in institutions, a couple of them even at Life Care Planning here in Kirkland. So this stuff does hit close to home, folks. And very few of us are not impacted by this. Um, I'm just not sure who isn't. But, um, you know, in looking at your personal safety and your health and planning, um, planning is all about being prepared. It says, if a situation happens, I've got a game plan. This is how I'm going to react to this. And we do this in so many areas of our life. But unfortunately, we oftentimes don't quite do it for our whole life and for our family and to integrate all those things together. But during coronavirus here right now and why we're going through all this, uh, Washington State's put together um, several important resources that I want to make sure you're aware of. And um, all the numbers I'm going to give you um, and that they're all on a nice little sheet put out by the state um, through coronavirus.wa.gov. And you can do that, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to find things on the Internet. If you go to yourpartnerinlaw.com, just go to contact us and put in there that you'd like the COVID-19 um, call sheet, and um, we'll get that right out to you. So the first number is um, it, it's available 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily, so I assume that's Monday through Friday, and that's the Washington COVID-19 hotline, and it's there to answer your general questions about the pandemic, what's going on, and just to kind of have someone to talk to, um, give you the straight scoop uh, from Washington. Uh, for those of you who can, write it down. It's 800-525-0127. That's the Washington COVID hotline. Um, so hopefully there's some information there. And then for those folks who have you know, either themselves or a loved one who is having emotional crises, any type of mental illness issues or just being distraught over this, I've talked with people who have been nearly paralyzed you know, emotionally from, you know, staying at home, not going to work, having daycare issues. I mean, you know, the list of issues goes on and on and on and on. But anyhow, the Washington Crisis Connection Hotline is 8664 and then crisis, C-R-I-S-I-S, 8664-CRISIS. Number, folks, that's 866 
888-888-4747. And that's uh, to get some help for emotional and mental um, distraught during this virus. And that hotline, by the way, is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, we certainly have heard all kinds of things on the news of, you know, increasing mental illness, uh, mental health is um, deteriorating under these types of conditions, um, domestic violence, um, drug and opiate use, alcohol, um, all the things in life that are not great, um, they come out in bad times and um, it's wreaking its havoc. So anyhow, the Washington Crisis Connections Hotline is available. And then if you'd like to stay up to date, which I encourage you to do, um, Washington State set up a um, news feed where you can get emails and text on upcoming uh, important issues. So that might be something that you want to consider. Like I said, just go ahead to yourpartnerinlaw.com, our website, and just say, hey, I'd like to get that information sheet. And we'll get that right out to you. This is something you can just, uh, what I do is I would print it out on some colorful paper and I would um, attach it right to my refrigerator, someplace that it's really handy. Um, so it's there when and if you need it. Now, in addition to the state hotline numbers, which I think are critical and I think a good resource, and um, we should use those resources because they're available. But think of the other things you need to have at your fingertips. Your doctor's phone numbers, their names and phone numbers, maybe their addresses or their emails. How do you get in touch with your doctor? Many of you have portals that you communicate with your doctor on. Make sure that your medical agents or your trustees, those other responsible parties in your estate plan, make sure that they know how to access those um, with and for you. You know, what pharmacy do you go to? Where should doctors call in prescriptions? Have that number handy. This form I'm going to, you know, send out to you. Um, if you just ask for one, it has all this in it. How about online grocery services, um, things of that nature that you might need? What family and friends numbers should be contacted and keep those handy? Just other critical things, you know, all of your doctors, many of you have several doctors, so make sure you have all those um, identified and quickly and readily accessible because you don't want to have to be finding this stuff when you're calling 911. Have this stuff ready to go. And certainly if you're in any of the um, more critical um, parts of our society as far as being either elderly or having the morbidity factors that um, we've all learned so much about. And uh, just, you know, practice social distancing, practice, you know, face masking when you're out in public, especially in large areas, going to the grocery store, going in Costco. You know, all the businesses that have been legitimately stayed open during this as essential businesses. I mean, there's thousands of people working and the businesses are staying open. And yet we're all having to act a little differently. I know, you know, mask and gloves are certainly awkward for an attorney to wear during a client consultation. Here, everybody is masked up. It doesn't give you the best sense of, you know, trust in that. Mask hide things. So um, it's, gonna, it's, it's an interesting process to go through. But, you know, a video conference is not the same as an in-person con consultation. What I've learned about the computer type stuff and the video conferencing, it works best for people you already know. Um, because people that you don't know, you're, you know, when you're going over this medium, it's kind of like watching television and something's lost in the trans translation there. You know, for our existing clients that we're doing it with, where we already have a relationship, we know each other, it's much easier. But when you don't have a relationship and you're meeting someone for the first time in virtual space, um, it's just different. And we found over the years that... Um, Clients have, you know, one fundamental requirement of their attorney that trumps all others, and that is they must trust you. And trust is the cornerstone of law. Um, everything about us, as far as our confidentiality, maintaining your secrets, um, it is something the profession takes great, great care in, um, in protecting. It's kind of the cornerstone of the legal industry. But anyhow, so your estate planning, you know, whether you have a will-based plan or trust-based plan, they should be looked at and reviewed given the current situation. I frequently talk about triggers for changing your estate planning, or at least reviewing it. You know, change doesn't necessarily mean you must make an amendment to your trust. It depends on what changes in laws and do those laws affect you. And if it's negative, then yes, you want to act on it. So 
whether you have an existing plan, will-based or trust-based, if it's over a couple years old or you're in a high-risk category, please call your attorney, have it reviewed. If you're one of our clients, please call us so we can get it reviewed. Um, if you don't have an attorney, we'd be honored to be your attorney, be your law firm. That's Greg Rick and Associates. And so we just want to make sure that people have the right documents in the right place at the right time. You have the right people in charge. And your documents are not these sterile, generic documents that can only get you in trouble. You need and deserve to have to have documents that have been tailored to you, your unique situation, to your goals, your objectives, your family, your finances. This is your estate plan. So it makes no sense that you can buy something off the shelf and fill in the blanks and have an estate plan. That just it just doesn't work. I mean, I think you can talk to many of my clients and the length of time that we talk and review and kind of dig into things. Um, it's it, it's a good process, and people feel a great sense of relief when they get a proper, comprehensive estate plan, whether it be a traditional plan or an elder law plan. Um, you really will feel a sense of relief. You know you're doing the right thing for you. You're doing the right thing for your family. And planning that is done well will serve you during any disability and serve your family following your death. So it's just about, you know, you want to leave a legacy of a mess or do you want to leave a, a legacy that um, helps the next generations, helps your spouse, uh, for business owners, helps your business. Um, there's an awful lot of factors and there's an awful lot of people relying on just about each and every one of us. If you think within your own personal life, if you all of a sudden weren't there, you know, what would that mean to your family situation? So anyhow, folks, I want you all to stay safe and be healthy. Um, please don't hesitate to give us a call. Uh, we're open. We're doing most things remotely. There are some in-office um, issues that have to be dealt with that way. And, of course, we practice all the safe, so safe social distancing, masks and gloves and cleanser and cleaner and sprays. We got it all. And we're here to take care of you, folks. Um, be well and uh, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Get all the information and get our um, COVID-19 hot sheet with all the important uh, hotline information on it. We'll be back next week, folks. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.